Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. We have a new segment on the podcast today called Midpoint Recap, which, I mean, pretty self-explanatory, I guess. It's because dramas are starting to be released in two parts, not technically two seasons. It's one season that's just split into, for, I don't know, marketing purposes to build up the hype, to keep subscribers onto the streaming platform so that they don't bother to cancel their subscription when they're done watching this one drama because they have to wait a few more months until they find out what happened in the next part. Okay, or sometimes I heard in the case of Island, it's an editing problem where they need more time to finish editing the drama, which is, I guess it's valid. You know, there's a demand for it and they just can't fulfill it on time. I guess it happens, but okay, whatever, that's that's their problem. Our problem is the fact that we may have forgotten some characters and some plot points, okay? And it's not just me, I'm sure, who has a terrible attention span or a terrible memory, given all the dramas that we are exposed to, everything we're watching in the, the months between the releases. You know, in this case, I just fast-forwarded through some parts to, to recall what, what even went on. I cannot recap everything that has happened, so this is just a quick recap of the characters and their shtick. What's up? What's going on here? Why are they here? And also, you know, a little bit of my usual first impressions on what's out so far and what I'm looking forward to in the second part of the show. So, for today's episode, we're talking about the glory. Basic details. This is written by Kim Unsuk, the writer of Mr. Sunshine, Goblin, Descendants of the Sun, The Heirs, Secret Garden, Lovers in Paris, right? I mean, just a very decorated writer, but they're all very, very different, right? No common thread, I guess, for most of these shows. This is directed by Angil Ho, the director of Stranger One and Happiness, who I, I like this director. I don't know why. I Once again, I don't know the words to put it, but there's something about him where these shows feel pretty tight, more so than I expect. Anyway, this stars Song Ye Kyo, who I've seen a bit of Descendants of the Sun. I've seen maybe half of Worlds Within, which I still want to continue, but that's for another day. Oh my god. Uh, it also stars Ido Yun, who, oh my god, my beloved, we haven't seen you in ages, okay? I loved him in 18 again. In Sweet Home, he was the best character on that show. I'm still hoping that they're gonna pull a twist. They just didn't announce that he was cast for season 2 and or season 3, so maybe he survived. I'm hoping he survived. And also, he was in Youth of May. Uh, and it stars Im ji who I haven't actually seen anything. She was in Money Heist Korea Part 2, which I only watched part 1 of that. Because, see, here's the problem with those uh, split season releases or split part releases. If you don't promote the second season well enough, people are gonna forget it's there if, you know, they didn't love season 1 or part 1. Like me, I didn't even bother to try part 2 anymore. 
Anyway, you John Tomka asked, uh, Yomieran, my favorite Ajuma, my number one Ajuma of all time is here. Uh, Pak Songhoon, who I've seen in Into the Ring. Uh, Jong Song Il, who is now one. He's huge in Korea, okay? He blew up in popularity through the glory. Uh, I only remember him as Yun Seah's assistant in Stranger 2, which is funny that now he's a huge character when back then he was just. Yeah, her assistant. Uh, also has Kim Hee-ora, who... Remember the North Korean mother in Extraordinary Attorney Wu? That one episode? Yeah, that's her. Just a lot of people. So many people. I'm sure we can recognize most of the people on this show. Anyway, let's start the quick recap and then my thoughts and expectations. Okay, so for the quick recap, once again, I cannot recall everything that happened here. I fast-forwarded as best as I can until I kind of you know, summarize them well enough. So you'll know the characters by the end of this and what kind of happened to them. I think this is like most important. Uh, the rest you'll kind of pick up along the way, I'm sure. So first, Mundongun, played by Song Ikyo, moves into the apartment that overlooks Pak Jin's house, played by Im Jiyun. So her monologues in the show are framed as letters that she's sending to Yeon Jin. Because Yeon Jin and her friends bullied her like, so cruelly, so violently, that in my first watch, I just skipped through the first episode because I could not tolerate it. The second watch, I watched it in 1.75 times speed. Okay? I still could not give this my full attention. Anyway, so Yeonjin and friends bullied her in high school, and Dongun dropped out and worked several part-time jobs to support herself while studying for her GED and getting into a school to become a teacher. Why become a teacher, Dongun? Of all the things you could be, you should stay far away from schools. That's, you know, I'm sure that's a very traumatic place for you. It's because she knows that Yeonjin's only quote-unquote dream is to become a wife and a mom. And when someone has it all and is not afraid of anything, can be so evil, right? And know that there will be no consequences to her actions. That's how comfortable she is in her position in life. Well, the only thing that you can do to hurt her is to hurt her family. Which is, uh, I do not agree with this, but okay. It's messed up? Yeah, absolutely. But we see that Dongun has sacrificed the possibility of a happy and peaceful and morally upright life by dedicating herself to revenge. So, I mean, if you've tolerated other revenge stories, you can probably stomach this. You know, like, she's really not claiming that she's, like, a good person anymore by the end of this. So, here's a rundown of all the bullies and what has happened to them as they became adults. Pak Jin married someone rich, she had a daughter, and she became a weather announcer, I guess, that doesn't even write her own scripts. Like, once again, she just pays someone else to do it. Her co-workers don't like her, or 
they put her in a time slot or in a show that uh, kind of sucks, well, she'll just use her husband's money to sponsor the company so that she has leverage to be put in a better position or better show. Like, she can just have everything that she wants. John Jae-joon, played by Park Sung-hoon, he kind of had an affair or relationship with Yeonjin after all these years. And you kind of know where that's headed. Mmm... Uh, anyway, he inherited his family's resort, I think, and golf course. So, you know, generational wealth. Good for him. Isara, played by Kim Hiyora, she became an artist who's addicted to drugs, but pretends to be like a good, perfect, devout Catholic or Christian daughter. Okay? Cho Hyejong, who's actress I forgot. Uh, she became a flight attendant. But really, she kind of fell into last place in this group of friends because she had the least status, the least money, and of course, the least respect among them. She's not born into generational wealth like they are. But she just stuck it out because it's easier to stick to the bullies than to be the bullied. And Son Myung-ho, some guy, this <laughs> actor I also forgot. He's barely even part of their group. Like, he's just Jejun's lackey at this point. Everyone's lackey. He is Sarah's drug deliverer, I guess. And like, no one takes him seriously. Him and Hyejong, they're not really of the same rank as those three. And these people, yeah, they're not really friends because they like each other. They're friends because they know every single terrible thing they've all done personally and witnessed done by others and allowed to happen if one person goes down they better drag everyone down with them that's the the energy of this friend group quote unquote one by one dong un threatens to expose all their secrets to each other and to the world because they all have dirt on each other and she ruins the bond that they share that has Yeonjin at the center of it, protected by all of them because Yeonjin has dirt on all of them. Along the way, Dongun recruited people who knew a bit of her story or at least empathized, sympathized, or whatever, just understood how justified her quest for revenge was. We have Kang Yongnam, played by beloved Yomyeran. She's a maid in the house of the foundation director. I forgot what foundation, but I think it's related to Jaejun's family. Or no, 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 no. I think it's related to Yeonjin's husband's foundation company. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Which one of those? It's related to one of them. Anyway, so Kang Yongnam asked for Dongun's help to kill her abusive husband. And in return, Hyongnam would be a spy for Dongun. She would follow the bullies around and take pictures of them. Because for months, Dongun didn't even realize that Hyongnam had been taking pictures of her. And though Dongun did not mean to recruit him as well, she also met Ju Yojong, played by Ido Yun. He's a doctor who attended to her malnourishment, I guess, and taught her how to play badok. At first, he seemed like the typical golden retriever male lead who cares for the female lead and wants her to be happy and not to pursue revenge. Uh, but, but they added the twist to his character, where he's also actually plotting murder in his head to get revenge on the man who killed his father. So he's just as dark and twisted as she is. And he's willing to be her executioner 
after he sees all her scars from what they've done to her, he is willing, he volunteers to be her executioner because he understands revenge personally. And we have the wildcard character, Hado Yong, played by Jong Song Il, who is Yeonjin's husband, who doesn't know about her history as a bully and only cares that she is a trophy wife. Dongun catches his attention through this badok club, I guess, that they're both in. And I don't know what's going on there. There's some real tension going on here. But eventually, she reveals his wife's past to him. And the big cliffhanger at the end of part one is Yeonjin and Doyoung meeting in Dongun's hideout after she's exposed everything to him. So... What will he do? Will he side with this trophy wife and cover up all her wrongdoings to maintain this perfect image and perfect life that they have? Or will he also side with Dongun and cut ties with Yeonjin and bring her down? Once again, a lot more has happened in between all of this, but this is just a recap of the important characters. There are a lot more fun twists in the middle of all of this that I think is uh, still fun to discover and rediscover as you rewatch, if you want to rewatch. So thoughts on part one. There's this quote I like from the first episode of the show from, I think, one of Dongun's co-workers in this textile factory that she worked in you know, while preparing for her GEDs and while studying for the SATs to get into college. She said, revenge is supposed to be dirty and violent, end quote. I am not the biggest fan of revenge stories. You know, I like I like healing stories. I'm a cliche girl. I personally do not want to be consumed by my anger anymore. I don't want to be that kind of person. And also, I'm a person who's only consumed by it, but I don't do anything about it. Which means it's just killing me inside, but I will never do anything to hurt other people. I'm only hurting myself <laughs> whenever I have like resentment or anger. That's why I don't like revenge stories, because I don't want to be prompted to do anything about these feelings. I like stories about healing. Because it, it shows me how I can heal from, you know, those those very intense negative feelings. Anyway, if I am watching a revenge story though, I need a strong emotional connection with the protagonist to understand why they're doing this. Why are you going through this? Why don't you just heal? <laughs> why don't you just not possibly ruin your life even further by ruining others, right? But what I like about Dongun is that she really dedicated her whole life to revenge, which is how it should be. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you might as well do your absolute best. I feel sorry for her, but now that she has given her entire life to her revenge plot, I have to root for her. You know, I know that stuff. No one wants to go down this 
road in life. But if you're doing it, you might as well do it well. She has never known true happiness. She uh, barely even allows herself to smile or to laugh because if she experiences that, like if she experiences happiness and peace for a moment, she might lose sight of her goal and decide not to do it. And if you quit now, then what was the point of all of this? So you have to like stay miserable. You have to stay in this headspace so that you can see this through. And all her relationships, right, with Yongnam, with the person that she worked with in the textile factory, with Yojong, everything is just centered around her revenge. She doesn't have any real friendships, really, or relationships. So if she loses this whole revenge thing, at least she gave it her all, right? I mean, losing here is, is probably death. Like, the stakes are that high. She could probably die. But if she wins, uh, well, she still has to ask herself, was it really worth it now that there is no life to go back to? In which I think even if she wins, death could still be an option. Because that's it. She's completed her life goal. She has no life outside of this revenge plot. Which is sad. It's sad. You know, this is it's very bittersweet. So yeah, I don't know what to feel about either of those endings. If she wins or she loses. Um, What else? Well, this is basically The Heirs. Remember that? Uh, the 2013 drama by the same writer starring Pak Shin Ye and Lee Min Ho and um, Kang Han Rul and Kim Ji Won. That's right. That's right. They had two projects together within the span of a few years. And now, now that I stand both of them, now they won't reunite. I don't know, man. I don't know why the universe hates me. I'm still manifesting my Kang Han Rul Kim Ji Won reunion. Anyway, <laughs> this show is basically The Heirs, which is about, obviously, really rich people, really rich, terrible, bratty, high school chebols. Except, it's not a Cinderella story of a poor person falling in love with a rich man, and the rich man falling back. Uh, instead of that, it's a revenge story. It's kind of silly how one-dimensional the characters are. But it's effective because I hate them. Like, there's no redeeming quality to any of these. They're not, you know, actually good people who are tortured by guilt over what they've done and how they've become these people. They're not. The most complexity here is this, the hierarchy among them, right? And how those who are low at the totem pole, I guess, they're still as bad as the bullies, but are only one mistake away from being the victims and not the perpetrators anymore. That's it. They're a little more complex, but still terrible people. That's for the villains, though. The secondary characters, um, well, I love Yom Yeran so much. I missed her. I also haven't seen her in years. Uh, she is... The biggest dose of heart in this show, as she always is. And I love how her whole story, basically, she had been taking pictures of Dong Un rummaging through her boss's trash for months. And when she, you know, finally caught Dong Un in the act, she revealed that she's been doing this for ages. And that's why she volunteered to become Dong Un's spy, because she has proof that she can do this really, really well. And why am I talking about this? It's because I think it's like a nice commentary on how these are the people in real life who are always invisible or ignored. Kind of like how in a sagok, the court ladies are always invisible. Like people have these insane conversations in throne rooms and whatever, thinking that no one is there to to hear them. Because, you know, it's just them alone in this room, right? But your your maids, your guards are right outside the door, possibly listening to everything you say. And it's implied that someone or something that you own would never 
betray you, right? Or rat you out or do something like that. So I don't know. I feel like that's what her character was or what it was trying to say. Um, who else? Ah, of course, Ido Yun. I love Ido Yun. I miss him so much. I miss his acting. You know, he delivers the typical golden retriever side of Yo Jong as we expect him to because he's kind of played those loud, bumbling characters before. But this murderous twist, oh, you've always felt it, right? That something was kind of off about Yo Jong. Like there's something dark brewing underneath his like overly concerned exterior. And when the time came for him to make that shift, oh, perfect, perfect. I love Doyen so much. And I also love the symbolism of the Baduk game. Because revenge is one big Baduk game. Starting from the outside, you are slowly destroying the opponent's territories until you are the only two left at the center. I mean, it's, it's a pretty explicit metaphor, I guess. But yeah, this entire show is just watching a Baduk game. Um, the pacing of part one is actually the best part about the show. After watching a few episodes, you know, little details about these characters kept popping up seamlessly. Okay, lines or objects that didn't seem significant or didn't make sense. Suddenly, you realize, oh, that's what this character was talking about in a few episodes later. As of episode 8, everything's been very cohesive. I can feel the planning involved, and it's fulfilling to watch. Once again, it's fulfilling to rewatch. Uh, personally, I was not obsessed with it like others were, but, but you know, the story kept moving, they didn't drag any part out, and yeah, it was pretty well paced, so much so that I'm still pretty excited for part 2. Now, for my expectations for part 2, well, I hope they're done with all the setup because I'm ready for this to go full bonkers, okay? It is the only way for this to go. Like, if you still have more to set up in the next 8 episodes, I don't want it. I want to go makjang, which I cannot believe I'm saying, okay? This is the first time I've ever said, I just want something to go full makjang and have everything end in flames. Like, okay, I'm scared to say, maybe what happened with Little Women was preparing me for this. But that's kind of where I want it to go. I don't know. As long as it is still rooted in Dongun's revenge and how justified but ultimately fruitless it is, I will be satisfied. I am on board with whatever crazy stuff you want to happen. Yeah, low-key, I want what happened with Little Women to happen here because I think Little Women cut the, you know, enjoying the characters and the symbolism part very, very short and just went full crazy and, you know, secret society crazy, which I did not enjoy. As long as the glory does not introduce a random secret society of, I don't know, ultra-rich bullies with generational wealth, I'll, I think I'll be fine with it. Okay, go crazy. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> also, some people think there's a love triangle going on in here, which is so funny. Okay, to explain, Dongun has like sexy chemistry with Doyoung. But story-wise, story-wise though, I think if she had to end up with someone, quote-unquote, it should be with Yojong, right? And I think thematically, it should be with Yojong. Because I don't see what would ever happen with her and Doyoung because she's only using him once again to ruin Yeonjin's territories one by one. 
But with Yojong, like, this is someone that's on her side. This is someone who ultimately wants what she wants and wants what's good for her. Maybe he also believes that revenge is good for her. So, yeah, story-wise, I think it's Yojong, but I don't care. <laughs> it's not the main point of the story. So, whatever is fine. As long as, once again, as long as Dongun's revenge is still at the core of everything, I will be okay with it. However... I think one of them is going to die. And by one of them, I think I'm talking about Dongun and Yojong. I think Dongun will get her revenge and bring Yeonjin down. But someone on Dongun's side is going to die. And there definitely will not be a sunshine and rainbows, they're all at peace kind of ending. So yeah, even if she chooses Yojong, I don't think anything romantic is going to happen here. I could be wrong, but I don't think it would be good for her character's ending also to, you know, yeah, achieve her revenge and then also have a murderous boyfriend <laughs> who is willing to die for her. So I, I don't think that's where this story is gonna go. But yeah, once again, I could be wrong. I have been wrong before. I could be wrong again. So that's it for today. Yeah, uh, that's it. I'm pretty excited for part two. Once again, I did not absolutely love the show. I wasn't obsessed with it, but it was satisfying and we'll see. I hope it goes full makchang and as long as it remains well-paced and is rooted in Dongun's Revenge, I'm pretty much fine with anything. I'm not particularly emotionally invested in anything. It's just... Uh, okay to watch and honestly recently nowadays it's been so hard to watch anything like the fact that i even finished this in a few days i think it does matter like five days when i tried the first episode again like the fact that i finished it says enough because it's been so hard to finish dramas nowadays so yeah see you guys on march 10 when this comes out and we'll see if anything that i said will come true but yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!